I've utilized the thing that John Hewlett has developed, this cardio miracle. And uh, just so you as a quick aside, uh, in the gym where I go every day, uh, the 30-somethings, and I'm in my mid-50s, just they, they just can't keep up. <laughs> uh, I did start probably in about January taking the cardio miracle. The most interesting and telling thing after being on this for a few months is really noticing a difference in the energy level that I've had and the severity of my heart problems. It's funny, you start to begin to have this sense that there's actual healing taking place inside the body. Well, I'm one of a generation born in 1947, so on the front end of the baby boom, all I can say is if you want prolonged life, better health, more energy, better sleep, uh, this is a great product. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, welcome to the Sunday Conversations on the Robert Scott Bell Show here. Special edition, one of my best friends in the whole world. I got, yeah, I got a lot of friends, but not every friend do you go through uh, mountains and valleys and, and you know, the, the scary places with and come out and survive and go, yeah, you're part of the reason I've survived this. Uh, that's a special part of uh, today's interview. She's been on the show a number of times over the years. In fact, um, my guest is featured in Unlock the Power to Heal in the expanded edition. Uh, the only person that I know on the planet, maybe she knows somebody else that has a PhD as it relates to ear candles. No, I'm not kidding, seriously. And uh, we gave some information there. She spoke also at the event we were at in Nashville uh, and got a little backstory taking uh, her battle against the FDA or the FDA against her and her company on ear candles all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, tenacious would be an understatement in describing her. But today, in addition to those things we might bring up, I want to talk to her about relationships, her and her husband, Kev, great friends of mine and uh, pretty impressive, pretty amazing. The things they've done in this lifetime. And I, I want to learn about what it takes to have a good relationship, the male female dynamic at a time where very few young people know anything about it anymore. In fact, they, they don't even know what a man or a woman is. So yes, it might be controversial for some, but uh, we, we don't fear to tread there. Welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell show. Doc Harmony. Well, hey, how are you? It's such a pleasure. Thank you, Robert. You're just so amazing. And yes, we have been through those mountains and valleys together. And it is nice to have friends like you and your family in our lives. And I think that just ties in perfectly with our topic about relationships today. It's those yeah. mountains and valleys that really, I call them the glue of the relationship. Well, it, and we've known each other back in the day when, when people know my story of overcoming a lot of chronic disease, learning of homeopathy in the early years of my homeopathic training and study. You were right there as a young mom, uh, learning your way through the world with your kids and, and health and healing issues, the vaccine issue, all of that. And I, I think we've known each other longer than I've been married. 
Yes, we both known each other longer than we've been married. So yes, we are the dearest of friends. And now, of course, we have new best friends, but we are really the older best friends. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, you wanted to, to to relay this story, and and it, and the word queen is in it. And I think of the word queen in a modern pop culture context. You think of Beyonce, and it's like diva. And I'm like, I don't think that's where you're going with this. No, not at all. Um, you know, obviously, we just live in very interesting times. And I'd really like to start off with a little quote from Jordan Peterson, who I just admire with everything that I have. I think he's an amazing person. And, you know, he talks about marriage and relationships. And a lot of people now in our society are calling marriage a voluntary enslavement. And really, Peterson says it's an adoption of responsibility. And And going back to what you said about Queen, being, you know, everybody wants a king, everybody wants a prince, everyone wants Prince Charming, right? Women do. Well, are you a queen? Are you a princess? What are you offering? What are you bringing to the table? And I think so often this society that we live in nowadays is really attacking men for the masculinity mm. when in reality we should be just uh, encouraging them, supporting them and relishing and respecting uh, the masculinity. So that's where um, I do know that I'm my husband's queen and mm -hmm. he is my king and we treat each other as such. And that is, is what makes our relationship just so powerful, so tangible, so luscious and all that good stuff. Oh, how did you discover this concept? Because the, the idea of a king and queen, you know, we talk about uh, a sovereignty in terms of uh, uh, being the king or queen of your own domain rather than uh, being subjugated to a queen, king or a queen. And there's a lot of controversy in relationships and marriage of, uh, in a modern context, the woman in the liberation, not subjugating herself to the husband. And, 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 you know, I don't even know how to communicate that without getting into very dangerous territory with landmines, but you know what I'm saying? What is it about the relationship of the male to the female in, in that, uh, context that makes it succeed versus, uh, where I don't know, the woman tries to always change the man, these kind of concepts that come up, uh, you know, that are kind of patterns or habits that the female has fallen into as well. Well, and that's why so just, you know, there's a lot of questions there. So Queen's Code has been by Bible. This book is written by Alison Armstrong. She comes out of the landmark worldwide community. She used to teach the seminars on relationship. And I don't know her personally, but just reading her book over at least 10 times, her other books, um, are also about men and women and relationships and really honoring and cherishing the difference between men and women. You know, right now in society, you know, we are looking, we are emasculating and feminizing our men and our women are becoming masculine. And this is very confusing. No wonder a lot of people are confused. The roles are just very confused and misunderstood. And so Alison Armstrong in her book, Queen's Code, really honors and outlines for women, what is a man? You know, I know we have what is a woman, you know, circulating through social media, but what is a man? <clears throat> and it's just wonderful to get this little, I call a Bible book of how to be a woman in relationship with a man. Well, in, in the confusion, I remember <laughs> we grew up in an era where the pretty much the same age uh, of what, a little bit of the women's liberation movement. Remember when we were kids, even in the early seventies growing up and they were teaching us that 
girls can grow up to be whatever they want to be. They don't have to be married. They can go out and work in the world and, and have a career just like men. And I'm like, you know, and, and I bought into that too, because that's what we were, we were kind of indoctrinated to believe it. And then I get married to my wife, who's a doctor, right? She, she went through a doctorate program and then she decides, or let me just say it this way. We decide when we finally have our first child, she's like, I'm retiring. I'm going to be mom. And I was like, and, and, and it wasn't, an, I wasn't opposed. I was like, both of us came to the same conclusion. This is more important than anything that you can do in your life as a, you know, part of this family, this relationship is to care for that child or the children we would have. And it, it was kind of going against the grain of what we had learned about. Well, you know, women who stay at home and raise the family are less somehow than what they were taught to believe in the time when we were growing up. Well, and you know, it's so funny. You say we, we are not valuing it, but a lot of that has to do with women. We're not valuing it, right? So we're so competitive with each other. We're always looking for the BBD, bigger, better deal, right? And so, you know, your your wife is wonderful. I've known her just as long, you know, very long time as well. And, you know, I mean, she is a goddess. She is a queen of her household, right? And what she has done in her contribution to society will never it'll never be recognized because it's just it's going to take many years to realize and the value and the contribution that she has made to society by raising two wonderful wonderful children that are now contributing to society and so you know going back to queen's code where how do women get to where we're at well we're confused and 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 we have a very hard time articulating what it is we want and how we want it. You know, women, you know, it's like, oh, honey, what do you want to eat? Oh, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. Why we won't even simply say where we want to go eat is just kind of funny, right? You know, but it's, it's this small example of a bigger problem because then, oh my God, if you try to talk about sex versus dinner, if you can't even say where you want to eat dinner, how are you going to say how you want sex, right? So it just is this very confusing and then we send mixed signals to, to our husbands and they're frustrated. And let's talk about that real quick because see, women will we'll go, so honey, what do you think about this? You're quiet. You're thinking. Well, I mean, are you listening? I mean, like, well, what about that? And, and, and our husbands are over here. Our men are like, wait a minute, I got one question, right? And so women, we operate differently. We, we think we can have 10 thoughts in our mind. We can have a conversation with another female, 10 conversations at the same time in an hour, finish them all. Men don't work that way. And so one of the skill sets I've really had to learn with my husband that has made all the difference in the world, has completely transformed my relationship with my husband, is I count. I'm like, well, honey, um, I was thinking about this. So we got this new puppy. So there's some decisions to make a new, about a new puppy. Mm. Now, I have 10 questions I want to ask about this new puppy. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm like, I'm still on number one question because he's thinking about number one question. And so and I'm giving him the time and space. Now, what has occurred? So women always complain. My husband doesn't talk. My husband doesn't communicate. My husband doesn't share. Uh, that's because you talk too much. <laughs> Stop talking and start listening. And so when I listen, I literally count. I don't have to count anymore. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, I just count. And maybe it took to 30 seconds. Sometimes he'd be like, well, I have to get back to you on that. And my impatience would be like, oh, I want to know now. I want to know now. Like the puppy. I asked him about the question this morning. 
I want the answer now. And I'm waiting for the answer. And it's fine. Really, do I need the answer right now? No, women just operate differently. But I've created this space for my husband mm. to share. And we have become, I've learned more about my husband in the last 10, 12 years of learning this listening skill than I have in the first 10, 12 years. So if we if we can say the problem with women is that they don't listen to the men in their life or the man in their life. And I, I know I'm getting in trouble by saying it that way, but I, I want to make some light about, about this because what you've just said resonates so much with me as a man that, and, and my, my wife will laugh about this too, because exactly as you say, she's got 10 questions and, and she'll, she'll pepper me with all 10. And I'm, I go into a, a, a state of, uh, I don't know, uh, a catatonic state. I'm like, I, I can't, it's too much. And I could do a lot in my life. I'm capable of doing a lot of things. And I could even multitask in terms of what I do on my radio show and things. I'm doing a lot of things simultaneously. But when I'm getting a question and before I have a chance to think and ponder upon that answer, uh, I'm, I'm on to, you know, or I'm being peppered with others. What you've described is probably so common in many of these relationships, many of these male, female interactivities uh, in terms of how do we communicate with one another? Because we communicate differently. How many times have I sat with my wife and said, boy, I'm just not wired that way. And she goes, yeah, you are really not wired that way. And you are. And, and we, we find a way to laugh at it, but it's also a, a, a point of contention in many relationships. If they don't get what you're saying here and realize that the, that we're wired differently. And what does that mean? And how do we work with that compassionately, lovingly, even though the woman wants to beat the tar out of the guy for not answering the, the 10 questions you haven't gotten one. So I, I acknowledge what you're saying and I can feel it. And I, I try to be, uh, let's say a little humorous about it as much as it can be painful to think about all of those times where we have miscommunications because we don't understand the wiring or the, the difference in our wiring. Well, so this really goes through. Allison is very clear. Stop treating your husbands like your big hairy girlfriends. Yeah. My husband is not my girlfriend and he is not my therapist. And I think that that goes to the bigger picture, which is what I call the need for the red tent in our society. You know, women, we've been taught by this liberal movement, by this leftist movement, that women have been downtrodden, that we haven't been valued, that we're worthless and, you know, Old Testament. Well, you know, in Exodus, as I'm, I'm doing Jordan Peterson's uh, class with Exodus, it's on Daily Wire, fantastic. And listening to their conversations, these brilliant men, a panel of six and seven men. And I'm really getting how valuable women were. Look at Exodus alone. If it wasn't for the women saying, no, we're not going to kill the babies three times, we wouldn't be here, right? I mean, our whole world would be different. The midwives said no. The women said no. The, you know, the women really protect the babies. Look, and we've been taught whose fault is that? We're not listening to ourselves. We're not honoring ourselves. We're not valuing just like these mothers that stay at home who are who are making the society that we live in a, a much better and fruitful place to, to be in when we have moms that stay at home and are caring for and providing for the children while dad husband goes out and 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 provides for the home and in, in, in a career it is a known fact that women are happier in loving fulfilling relationships that's not to say that every woman needs a man a woman needs a loving, fulfilling relationship with a man. Mm. And when we have those loving, fulfilling relationships, how do we do that? Go back to Exodus and recognizing 
We have to value ourselves. We have to accept ourselves. And so many women, look at my little hair, it keeps sticking out. This is bothering me because I'm a woman, right? I'm a woman who's like, oh my God, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. And then I do that to my husband. Oh my God, he's not perfect. He's not perfect because I'm treating him like a big hairy girlfriend, just like I would treat my other girlfriends. And I go, girl, your hair, what did you do that morning, right? <laughs> and men don't do that, right? And it's just such a great, it's a great way of being. And when I really get how my husband needs to be cared for and taken care of and heard, the relationship is transformed, right? My husband loves and accepts me and approves of me more than, than I do sometimes, right? And right, the, the confidence. And because of that love, approval, and appreciation, I'm like, hey, gosh, I am okay, right? I am amazing. I am a queen and here's my king. So you, it, it is give and take. It's not all women. And, and I mean, it's not all, you know, just the woman doing everything, of course. And I really want to recognize and say out loud because we've got this term floating around uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yes, there are some bad men in this world. And as a woman that has overcome a lot of sexual violence. Yes, there are some bad men in the world. But that doesn't mean that the 95 percent are you know the rest of the men in the world are, are 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 bad and this is what happens with women this is another issue that's really hot for women right now you know they want to act like men they want to be promiscuous like men they want to be able to do whatever they want to do like men but see men can go and have relationships with women and they're not emotionally attached they can they could just sign up and go fine they can have that adventure and that event and they're fine Women, we carry those emotional baggage into our current relationships. And that's how we hurt ourselves over and over and over again. Instead of learning how to properly vet our men and hold our men accountable, we are acting like men and, and fighting to be like men. But when we show up in our current relationships, my husband used to have, he doesn't anymore, had to remind me, I'm not them, baby. Yes. I'm not going to do that. I was thinking of exactly like Kev thinks in that regard. It's like women who have had a relationships before will often bring all of the, the relationship experience into the next relationship with a man who was not party to all of your experiences prior to that and weigh him down with those experiences and expectations. And, and he might be that king for you, that one that is not going to abuse you, that one that appreciates you, loves you practically worships you like you know when your hair is out of place like i look at my honey you're the most beautiful thing in the world no i'm not I'm like no we see it differently and you like you have that self-critique as a woman but at the same time bringing all of that and then burdening the the man in this case that is right for you with all of that to say he's like everybody else because all men are the same and you hear that uh in fact i mean there's a joke and partly true partly not true all men are pigs right but where do we get out of that that broad generalization that says, yeah, there are parts of male masculinity that are different than females in terms of how they look and perceive the world and what they're willing to do. And yet there are those men that have outgrown that aspect, right, that we might call that might be, you know, in that narrow realm, toxic masculinity versus a, a masculinity that is uplifting in some way. And, and, and well, some way, I mean, in, in the most extraordinary way for that divine loving relationship absolutely it's that's it, such a great um great conversation that you know in society we're having and yet we're forgetting 
women love a strong man. I, I have yet to meet a woman one on one when I'm having a conversation that goes, yeah, I want my I want, I want my man to let me walk all over him. Nobody says that. Right. And we love the beast within our men. We just want it disciplined. And that's what we depend on our men for. That's a good man. A good man has that masculinity, has that beast within him, you know, can put his hand, his fist through a wall. And we love that about him. We just want to discipline. And what's really interesting is that women will tolerate all this stuff from bad men, but then a good man shows up and then we get picky all of a sudden. What's up? What? Really? Once again, it goes back to our self-value and our self-acceptance, our self-worth, right? And not recognizing that we are worthy of this good fella, that we are worthy of this masculinity, that we are worthy of being based, uh, bathed in this love and this adoration of, of, of masculine energy. And when, you know, my husband and I, it, it, I'll tell you a short little story. In our first year, we were having a little tiff and, um, my husband said, you know, babe, there can only be one head of household. And simultaneously, my husband and I at the same time both said, yeah, it's me. <laughs> Whoa, there's a we, and, and the fight kind of ended because there's a problem, right? That, that's a problem. And as I've studied men over the years, you know, go, you know, Allison Armstrong, Sterling Institute. Institute and, and really making my relationship the most important thing in the world, I really realized that I'm 100% responsible for the relationship. Mm. Now, women go wild, I hear wild over throwing, this. Throwing things at the screen right now as you said that. What do you mean? Women are 100% responsible for the relationship. It's like, whoa, step into a landmine right there. Come on. Absolutely. So let's back up a moment. So what have men been doing? So set up until Vietnam War. So, you know, we've been allowed in the United States, not not all countries to have a place of we're relatively safe. Nobody's dropping bombs on us. We're not fighting, et cetera. And up until the Vietnam War, what have our men been doing throughout history? And I asked women this. So the number one thing they say is they say I, they say working. No, they've been warring. They've been warring building, providing, working, warring, building, providing, working, war over, repeat since the beginning of time. And then I go, well, what? And they go, oh, well, yeah, they get that. There's really no argument. Men historically been the ones that have gone out and fought and defended the borders, defended the rights, defended the women, defended the town, the country, whatever. Whether the fight was right or wrong is irrelevant. It's the men who have been doing the defending and the providing. What have women been doing for, since the beginning of time? We've been nurturing. We've been, we've been creating households full of peace, love, and joy. We've been, we've been gathering, and everybody wants to say gathering, but no, gathering vegetables, I, you know, no, gathering people, gathering communities, bringing them together. And when the husband comes home, there's peace, love, and joy. And there's a place for the husband to rest and be and be nurtured himself. So my question is, where's the, what's more powerful? Like we have forgotten that men did not get to evolve and have the communication skill sets that we have had and the ability to communicate. So we're holding those and, and people go, oh, I never thought about that. Right. And so so we wonder why, you know, going back to the early issue, why are that, that they not able to communicate? 
Well, they have to think because up until recently, they've been like, is this guy going to kill me? Is this a trick? Am I going to lose everything? What is it? And the man's job has been to provide a defense. Mm-hmm. And it's just been such, and when people really get that and we understand that how powerful that that is and how important that is, it increases and helps to increase our value. What's more important, having a safe home, a loving home, a joy-filled home, a peace, full of peace. And so those skill sets are what women, the femininity of it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm hearing you correctly, it's the place and space that the man can come home to that is nurturing, for lack of a better way to say it, that you'd think, well, man doesn't need to be nurtured. He's tough and strong and there's no you know, emotional component. And you hear that complaint from women. I, I, I get nothing from him. He's, he's vacuous. He's not available to me. Again, coming back to the initial peppering with questions, he doesn't respond the way I want him to respond. And yet you're talking about being responsible as the woman for perhaps bringing that out, that which isn't maybe normal or natural or easy for a man in, in regards to how he would interact with a woman that doesn't know what you're saying. Well, and that's true. And so when we think about men and women, men can break things. There's no doubt about it. But women destroy things. Mm-hmm. In society nowadays, most of the divorces are by the women. Most of the breakups of the family are from the women. I think the percent is something 80, 90 percent. They destroy families. A man might break something, but the women destroys it. So my question is, women are always like, oh, I don't I don't feel like I have power. I don't feel like I have value. You're ignoring your gifts. You're ignoring what you contribute. You're ignoring your value. The softer and more feminine I am, the more loving and caretaking my husband is. And I haven't just used these skill sets, or I don't even want to call them this way of being. So I had a situation with my attorney. And I couldn't get I couldn't get a response. I couldn't even get a response. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to try the Queen's Code way. Let's try that. And I wrote an email and I said, you know, I really need your help. When, you know, if you were to provide me with this information, It would allow my anxiety to decrease. I would feel safe and I would know what I needed to do in order to keep my family safe. I got a response and an apology within an hour, Hmm. right? Whereas my method before, you promised and you said, and you're not upholding your word and et cetera. But the minute I, 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 I was feminine instead of behaving as masculine, the response was immediate. And an apology was given. And I also find that in my relationship, women complain, oh, my husband never apologizes. Of course not, because you're fighting like a man. Men don't apologize. They duke it out. Then they give each other a big hug and they go have a beer. Not much of an apology that, right? I'm not sure that that would work for me, right? But and it's like funny because once again, we're, at, we're expecting them to behave like our girlfriends, not like men. And this keeps showing up over and over in society. And we wonder that the family, without the family, all histories have, have fallen. And that's why this topic is so important. And that's why I truly believe that women, if nurtured by other women, I did not know, when I read Queen's Code, and I read you know, the Sterling Institute's book, I was shocked. I'm like, where have these secrets been? Oh my God, here is the handbook. 
And I have become, I have become the best version of myself as a wife. I know I'm a great wife. I know I'm a good woman. And that is so satisfying. It's so fulfilling. And it's like something I didn't even know that that's what I always wanted. We're talking with Doc Harmony. If you're just tuning in, uh, relationships are the issue on our Sunday conversation on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, if you want to learn more about the amazingness that is Doc Harmony, uh, you can go to healthyenergyamazinglife.com. There's easier ways to get there as well, but it all uh, gets there. My Heal Shop is another way to say it, M-Y-H-E-A-L shop.com. Uh, and as I said, we've been friends for so long and I'm just, you know, hearing a lot of your journey over the years and this particular one, I know we talked off the air about how passionate you are about this Queens code thing. And, and I used to, you let me in on a little bit. I said, we got to, we got to talk about this and, and thank God we are. And I think uh, for those of you just hearing it for the first time might be shocking or might be like, oh my gosh, that's the missing element of the relationship. But we, we've kind of been talking over one another. We're not getting it. And suddenly there's a connectivity there. Uh, the book, The Queen's Code, is also linked up in the show notes for those of you who want to read more about it. Uh, but, Doc, in, in terms of your uh, journey, you know, having been friends for so long and witnessed you, and I'm, I'm amazed by you so much, your tenacity, your strength, your ability to even fight as a woman uh, for your family as well as for what's right in a larger sense. I mean, we're uh, very patriotic about the, the concepts of the foundation of this country, America, and, and its principles of freedom and defense of individual liberty and all of that. And it plays itself out. You found a husband that believes that as well as my wife and I are aligned in that regard too. And you have done in business extraordinary things that others would say is those are impossible. The things that you've done, you've done with Kevin, of course, but you've also charted a course not waiting as well. So I, I, you know, I'm fascinated by our discussion of the Queen's Code, male and female, in regards to you personally, because I, I, I've argued that we all have masculine and feminine qualities and traits within us. This is not about being gay or straight. That has not anything to do with it, what we're talking about now. The energies of the masculine, the energies of the feminine, we all carry those things. And somehow I've witnessed you being able to pivot between them when needed. And you just pointed out and acknowledged a point where that masculine side would not work in getting what you needed from the attorney. But the journey you've done to build this business that you have with Harmony Cone, the ear candles and all that you're doing, it doesn't seem to me just a, a feminine uh, adventure alone. You know, so I'm, I want to ask you, this is a hard question to even ask in terms of the balance between the two sides of anybody, including yourself, to do what you've done. Well, that's a great question. And actually, that's something that currently that's my next um, aspect of being a woman to work on, right, is how does that show up in business? Now, legally, I'm not sure that, it, you know, dealing with the FDA, dealing with, you know, the Department of State, et cetera, and all those other battles that we're doing, I'm not sure that I would I would step out of my masculinity in those roles. That would be pretty scary. I'm not sure that I would show up and be like, Oh, please, FDA, would you help me? Right. I mean, that's just funny to say, right? That's yeah, just hysterical. Yeah, so I'm that's not going to show up. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but then I think that um, in regards to the business, I will share this. I have found that our employee retention has become higher and higher the more feminine I behave versus masculine. So let's just say roughly 10, 12 years ago, I have, was not shy about, you know, men, they, they're they very direct. Watch men interact. They're like, 
hey, dude, I don't like that. Hey, dude, that was great. Fine. Okay. Three seconds later, it's all done. And I couldn't understand why women didn't appreciate you're doing a bad job. What's wrong with you? You need, I don't understand. Now, about five or six years ago, I have a group of women that we work with and, um, we made a commitment to the world for our new year for our new year's year's resolution that we renew every year and that is that a group of women can work together in a loving and compassionate environment and be prosperous and we're going to show the world that this is possible see because women every woman that i bring into interview they go oh i hate working with women oh them bitches uh, right i mean i get all kinds of just oh my gosh and i go well but what would you want and the women that, that are honest with themselves, the women that have some sense of self-value and self-acceptance are like, oh, well, I would love to work with women that, you know, that's interesting. And every woman that works here, like I said, our employee retention has gotten longer and longer and longer because of working together in this loving and compassionate environment and still being prosperous. And we do that by having conversations and doing what we do best communicating the other thing that we have done and i've had to fire i just recently hired my fired my third person mm -hmm. if a female brings toxicity and gossipy and maliciousness to the work environment we counsel them we counsel them and then they're out mm -hmm. because that toxicity will seep through a group of women faster than i mean it's just insidious right this is just a poison that has to be eliminated and gossip and toxic now we're all going to say like they're going to go oh my god your hair harmony right and i'm going to go i know right but you know they love me they're they're not going to be like you know for days on end be like oh my god she doesn't know how to comb her hair she doesn't know how to wash her well, you know that's toxicity there's a really fine difference there's a difference and so we have created that environment such that the toxicity is eliminated in the environment why because we love and care and want to protect each other um are the men that do work here they are now they are very supportive of that you know if if a woman tries to go to a man and go oh harmony this they're like well have you talked to her oh i'm sorry you haven't talked to her you need to go and talk to her right and it just absolutely eliminates some of this this incessant I don't toxicity. There's the talk about toxic. There, toxic femininity is just horrible in our society and nobody talks about it. And that's why when I said we're 100 percent responsible for a relationship, I meant it. Mm. Going back, I already shared how we've evolved. We have the skill sets. Men do not. And the number one thing that we do with men that interferes with us having long term relationships is castrating our men. Mm just simply castrating them, rolling our eyes, tisk tisking them, treating them like babies, being their mothers. You know, oh, we've heard that story before. Men are great storytellers, great storytellers. And, and, and wives go, oh, he's told that story again. Or men change stories and the women will bust their balls in front of their friends. Why would you do that? What, what are you accomplishing? Well, how is that? We're 100% responsible for the relationship yeah you talk about emasculation and even castration you're not talking about a, a physical act of violence but an, an act of violence that happens on an emotional and mental and even a spiritual place to take you know their knees out from under them with a simple comment in the midst of you know a man being a man 
And that's a hard one to consider because I don't know if the woman feels like she's doing the right thing by doing that, by constraining, containing, saying, no, 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 don't, don't, don't be a man in that way. I don't know that she's thinking that that's what she's doing, but boy, that's a disaster in a relationship. It is absolutely. And what happens is, so women say to me, they go, well, why should I change? Why should I be the one that should change and be responsible? It should be 50, 50. And I say, well, how's, how's that working for you? How does that show up so far? Are you having the relationship that you want? And so far, nobody said yes. No, of course not. Because what happens when we are not in that loving, fulfilling relationship is that we will never become all the women that we can be. Because see, like you said, Robert, there's masculine and feminine, femininity in everything. There's the yin and the yang. If I'm just always a feminine energy or always around masculine, there's no balance. There's no, you don't get to discover who you are. There's no one to put yourself on. There's no one to put yourself on the line for. There's no one to help you discover what you are capable of. My husband and I are the wind beneath each other's wings. We are the, as great as we are because of each other. And the other thing that we won't, you won't get is you'll never learn how to fulfill on commitments ever. If you cannot, Women are always looking for how to get out, how to get that BBD, how to find, you know, it's like plan B. There's no plan B for a relationship in marriage. No, it's a commitment. And then one of the other things that you'll never have is self-discipline. When not being in these relationships with good men allows a woman to become the best version of herself. And it's just interesting, you know, women get really upset about, oh, I'm good. I love who I am. I'm great. Really? Then why do you keep looking for a man? Mm -hmm. Why do you keep looking for a husband? If you're so great and so awesome, even when I have some very, my friends are older than I am. I always choose peers and friends that have at least 10 years on me. Like what if somebody who's got 10 years younger than me got, got to teach me? Not much. I mean that respectfully. No. It's just that I've been 10 years younger. I know how that looks. I don't know how it's going to look 70. I don't know how it's going to look 80. And, you know, even these women who have very, you know, their widows or, you know, something happened of, of that extent, they, they would love to have a partner in their life because they understand that that helps the balance. It holds them accountable. You get to discover who you are with your best friend. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is just amazing. It's just, to me, it's the, it's the most amazing miracle in the world. And I, but it is the most difficult. I'll share a quote by Warner Earharts, who started Landmark Worldwide. He said, the amount of people that should be in relationships are less than the amount of people that should try to climb Mount Everest. It's that difficult. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it that way, not as a challenge, not as something to conquer, but as something to experience. You know, I've never climbed Mount Everest. I will never climb Mount Everest. But I can look at those people and listen to their stories and see the self-discipline that they that they that they have conquered. I can see how they discovered themselves. I can see how they put themselves on the line and they they conquered their fears. They they became the best version of themselves, not just on Mount Everest, but mm -hmm. off Mount Everest as well. That is a relationship with a good man. So let's talk about the women in this audience that are 10, 20, 30 years younger. And they have not had a successful relationship or marriage. 
And, and, you know, there are a number of reasons for that. One of them, you know, is the idea that the man is never good enough, whatever it is, this image of what they're looking for. And I see a lot of young people that, uh, you know, are, are struggling to find a meaningful relationship and yet have not the insight that we're sharing here that you've experienced and learned. Um, what can we communicate about some of the patterns that you're, that you've seen among the young women, younger women in this culture right now struggling because, let's see if we can confuse everybody about, you know, how many genders there are, right? And and beyond that. So there's so much that kind of distracts from ever achieving or getting to this state of consciousness or reality. Well, so one of the things, there's short-term relationships and there's long-term relationships. And so I think that, I think that short-term relationships are very important as they help to teach women in particular what it is you do or do not want. And I think it's the same for men. You know, and so I think that, I mean, it's rare and I think it's neat when it happens, you know, high school sweethearts stay together forever and a day. I think that's amazing. That's a miracle. That's Mount Everest, you know, times 10. Right. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, learning how to vet and that goes back to the self value and the self acceptance. You know, how do you vet? But that goes to the bigger the, the bigger thing here that trying that, you know, I know my next part of life is going to be creating something like a red tent environment. What is it in the red tent where older women, menopause women, birthing women and young women come together? Think about Exodus when, I mean, the Old Testament, I'm sorry, where women, you know, they were unclean. Well, they got to go to the red tent. They got to go to the tent and they were together because we all would eventually cycle together and we would get to nurture each other and learn from each other and and experience each other so if i was young and 20 well maybe 15 at that time 30 you know it was a lot younger those days and i had this older woman going let me explain to you honey how this works oh why do i have to have so many stories and rackets now i don't have to have like oh i'm not worthy or he's not good enough or what was i thinking or I have tools now to manage it and, and create And that's why I have older mentors, because if I have a relationship problem, I'm going to go to my older mentor, the, the mentors that are older than me, especially ones that have had long term successful relationships and go, okay, OK, I really am not sure how this is going to work. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I just want to right. I mean, we all get there. And it's like, that's the advice that I want. So creating these groups where women can come together and speak in a safe, compassionate environment such that these this information is passed out. What is a man? What is a woman? How does that look? How does that show up? And how do we respect and honor each other for those differences? Stop trying to be the same. Stop trying to make everybody neuter. Stop trying to make everybody. And going back to our Constitution, Robert, everybody forgets. It doesn't say we're equal. It says that we're equal under the law. There's equity under the law, meaning how we show. It doesn't matter how we show up. It matters that the law is applied mm-hmm. equitably, right? It doesn't mean that we're equal. We're not. We're not. You're a much better speaker. You are very, your gifts are very different from my gifts. That doesn't mean they're better, worse, great. It just means they're different. And that the fact that we can have the friendship together and relish that and value that, that's the, that's the gift to society and the miracle of it all. So what can we tell uh, younger men that are also confused and, uh, you know, dealing with confused women or, or, you know, trying to establish, you know, what is the value that I would place in a relationship? What are you really going to get or going after? Uh, And, you know, there's a queen's code you talk about for the women. 
could men benefit by reading that? Or is there a book that would be comprehensive for, for the man, the man and the masculine to learn about these relationships? So let me real quick with the women finish up, mm -hmm. stop competing. Do not compete with men. Stop bringing your ego to the relationship and stop castrating him. Let him help you. Let him open your door. Let him compliment you. And then the opposite is for the men. The men compliment your woman. Every morning, my husband wakes up and he goes, good morning, beautiful. I love you. Good morning. Good morning, beautiful. I mean, wow. That's how my day starts every single day, no matter where I'm at in the world. You know, every day, my husband, we have flirt days. We have, you know, and, and, and the, we play. My husband, um, he has an assistant who's female, so they're out in the field a, lot, field a lot together. And people always say, oh, are you his wife? And she goes, oh, absolutely not. He's got his, his wife is his girlfriend. She, you know, they, they, they're still dating, right? And we are, we're still dating. You know, today happens to be lingerie day. Sorry, I cannot share that part with you all. But, you know, so we're having lingerie day, right? So my husband is very excited for date night tonight because it's lingerie day, right? Have fun and be vulnerable. So women, be vulnerable. And men, let us nurture us. Tell us it's okay. Take us into our arms. Tell us how beautiful we are. And just like you were sharing, Robert, you look at your wife and you're like, you don't see that something's out of place or, you know, that she's got a uh, baby spit all over or something. You know, you just see this goddess that you fell in love with. And that's the beauty of men. Men are not picky like women. Women, we see all the flaws. Men just see who they marry and, and the beauty of that. You know, it's like one of the gurus, I think said guru said, uh, somebody was like, oh, I want to be a saint. I, I want to sit on a mat and be a yogi and meditate all day. He goes, that's not a saint. That's easy. Try being a mom that has to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning and deal with three babies and, and take care of her husband and still go to work the next day. That's a saint. Once again, we're not valuing what we bring. We're not we're not loving and cherishing what we bring to the table. Right. Because we're not I don't want to say demanding it. But we don't value it ourselves, right? So how is the other people going to value what we don't value? So I think that men, it's so it's easy. Love us, cherish us, protect us, provide for us, compliment us. Isn't admiration everybody's type? Mm -hmm. Everybody's type, you know. And women don't compete. Don't bring your ego into the relationship. There can only be one ego, and that's going to be his because he's head of household. Mm -hmm. He's going to provide and stop castrating. Har Harmony, when we were uh, younger, the, the generation we grew up in, um, there wasn't Instagram and Facebook and a social media, right? It was a whole different, you know, everything that you did was not captured for all the world to see that you'd look back and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Uh, yet, of course, there was always the, the aspect of, you know, the male female attraction, the dating, the this, how, how do you, you know, figure all this out? And I, I don't even know sometimes how, how do I communicate to these young people, male or female, about the, the, the drastic difference it is when your entire world is up there. And, and many of the young girls, uh, you know, flaunting it on Instagram or whatever and, and wondering why they're not valued in the same. I don't know how to communicate even that issue because we didn't have that growing up. 
No, and, and isn't that funny? They they don't want to be objectified, which is just as horrifying as castrating. So let me just put that in perspective. When we castrate men, the effect is the same as when men objectify us, right? And it, and it's horrifying and it doesn't work for any relationship. But if that's what the woman want, if that if the woman is putting out booty and twerking and all kinds of you know very sexually explicit or visual, men are visual. Men are visual, visual, visual. That's what they're going to see. And they're going to, by default, objectify. If you want a man to respect you and honor you, then respect and honor yourself and stop serving up sex or sexual images or sexual, you know, teases as who you are. You can be sexy. I love being sexy. And I have so much fun with my husband and be and Robert, you've known me over the years. I don't think you've ever seen me not being sexy. I I love it. It's fun. It's it's just the joy of being woman, right? But I have never felt in, in our natural health industry, our patriot industry, I have never felt objectified, right? Because I don't bring that's not I'm not putting that on the table. I'm putting my thoughts, my brains, my work, our products, etc and my relationship on the table. There's a difference. And just like Edward Snowden said, brilliant, he goes, his biggest concern with social media is that when is the imagination, the privacy of the imagination to flourish when it's all documented? Mm. Where's the capacity to grow and discover who you are when everything's a picture, a one instant take, it's 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 modified, it's Photoshop, and, and then that's what you, you know, we are we are going to keep keep competing against the perfect person and there is no perfect person. And that will be the downfall because we will never value that all of us is good. As somebody said to me recently at the Starling Institute, they said, if you're going to blame your dad, somebody who's having daddy issues, if you're going to blame your dad for what's bad, you have to blame him for what's good. Also, there's good and bad in all of us. We're going to show up and, and, and work well in some areas and not work well in other areas. And I think that having it all documented all day long takes away our, our options and, and the opportunity to clean it up without humiliation or without adding more story and racket to it. Mm. Yeah. So much that I'm unpacking as we're discussing this in, in doc harmony is a, uh, uh, is extraordinary if you haven't uh, recognized it already. But of course, your inspiration is uh, not just to you know be awesome that I perceive you to be, but to also inspire others to do the same. And that's why I love what you do. You you love to communicate this. You find something that is so extraordinarily helpful, and your first inclination is not to hide it and keep it a secret. It's like I want to share this with the world. Now, of course, we can when we discover something new, we can become zealots. And, and, you know, annoying in that sense, because we're so and, and I think about our our love of, of freedom in a sense and how when we were learning about this part of the shock is learning that not everybody has the same value system. You know, we find it valuable, but, you know, other women might look at what you're doing, and go, oh, man, I just couldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't want to do that. They, they don't value it or the men get the opportunity to even know that this exists if we if we keep it secret and not communicate. So the risk of being, uh, you know, overzealous. I, I think I'd rather take that risk than than hiding it away because this is the communication and the conversations that I'm rarely hearing. Now, occasionally it does come through. You talked about Jordan Peterson and, you know, the controversy that he is just because he's having the conversation that people haven't heard. They're astounded or offended by it. 
Well, well, it's funny because people are making fun of um, Jordan Peterson and they're saying Jordan Peterson's radical take on marriage. And, and I'll read a quote that he said. I think that this really surmises everything. He says, my wife and I do our best not to lie to each other about anything. We have fights when they're necessary because we don't hide things in the fog. If we're having a dispute, we do our level best to get to the bottom of it, to find out what in the world's causing it, who needs to change and why and how and when. And then we can progress forward into the future without having the issue doghouse us or drag us behind. That means a fair bit of confrontation, less so over the years as we've settled more things with everything out in the open. I'm not sure why that's considered radical. I'm not sure that uh, who wouldn't want that. You know, what woman would not want to be loved, approved, and appreciated? And in order to be loved, approved, and appreciated, it takes vulnerability. And it takes being honest, not just what for what, you know, not just pretending to be honest with oneself, but truly being honest with another person and being held accountable. Mm. Uh, myheelshop.com. You can learn about Doc Harmony there and her wonderful, amazing business that her and her husband have put together for many, many years, despite all odds and obstacles against it, taking on the the oligarchy of, of the highest levels of FDA all the way up through the court system. Those are stories we've told occasionally from time to time over the years. But today the focus was on, you know, the male, female, the relationship, the queen's code as well. And, and real quick, do you think that uh, men could benefit by reading the queen's code? I think that, yes, Alison Armstrong has many offerings for men and women. Queen's Code is just kind of the basis. Okay. It's a story. It's fun. It's light to read. And yes, um, as a matter of fact, all of our sons, when they date, we give them to their girlfriends. And when they become fiancés, they have to give up the right to castrate men. I mean, so it just really become a part of our family mm -hmm. because we want long-term loving relationships for our sons. So yes, the sons and the uh, women both went, both read it. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is great insight and also practical tools and tips that you can take away from this uh, interview, as well as uh, the links in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. And uh, as we, uh, you know, talk about the, the health and healing bit of it in the last few minutes we have together, another aspect of these relationship difficulties has to come to the human physiology and how much we've corrupted the male, the masculinity, the, the, the hormonal uh, uh, world of the body, as well as the female, how much of this, this has been corrupted. And this was like right from the beginning, when we first met dealing with health issues, both of us had our own health issues, how that plays out in the male female relationship. Cause within our own bodies, we have not found that balance. Absolutely. And I mean, we've talked about this many times over the years, being seven years menopause. I mean, what a bear and how torturous that has been when the hormones are out of balance. You know, it just crazy will show up for women. That's just the reality of it. And and um, getting that natural health and that natural healing. Uh, the one thing I do every day, I get up, I work out, I take care of myself. I take care of myself first. Because if I don't, I can't take care of anyone else and I can't be the best version of myself. I can't. My mind is not open. It's not clear. And and going to the young women, there's a lot of hormone issues with the BGH and the all the chemicals in the food and the psychotropics in the water. I mean, this is a huge issue. So while, yes, we're 100 percent responsible for the relationship, we're also 100 percent responsible for our health. We're 100% responsible for how we're showing up in any relationship. And if we're, you know, consuming sugar and our hormones are out of whack and, and yes, we're overweight and, and we're just not 
physically our best version of ourselves, it's really tough. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really tough to be the best version of ourselves mentally, emotionally, and intellectually. And I think that's why the physical health is the foundation organic foods, biodynamic, you know, gardening. I'm so the one great thing that came out of the pandemic, pandemic, everybody's gardening and everybody has chickens, at least where I yes. live. You know, everybody has chickens. We we've got more eggs than we know what to do with. And you know, they're just running around like God intended. And it's wonderful. And we're just picking our vegetables. So that's a great thing. And people are getting healthier. So I think that that's really important. I think that hormones are not talked about enough. I don't think that there's enough natural solutions for hormones. I think that that's somebody you know, God, wouldn't that be great to have a Judy Mikovich kind of person figure that one out? I, I'd be the first one to sign up. I mean, just those kinds of issues. And we don't talk about it. And I know you do, Robert. It is about mind, body, you know, heart and mind, all of it. It's all one, one, everything is connected. Everything needs to be in alignment to have that best version of ourselves. Well, you've developed this place, healthy, energy, amazing life. Uh, and to be an inspiration for others and also to provide access to, to products that can help people restore the, those aspects of, you know, the things that will only make the, the relationship with yourself and others much more fulfilling and possible even. Uh, and well, I think my favorite joke about our we have the ear candles and women, every every trade show never failed. At least one or two women would go, would it help my husband hear better and listen better? <laughs> And I'm like, well, you know, that's a good place to start, but be quiet while he's ear, while you're ear canceling. Give him some space and, and listen and see what shows up. You know, it, it's just a cute question that always comes up. Well, and I love being able to bring you on stage this past weekend in, in Nashville uh, to tell a brief a little bit about the story. And still, how many people don't even know what ear candles really are, even those that sell them and, and are promoting them? It's just astonishing how much mis you talk about misinformation from within. Uh, and that's why I was so grateful when we, we, you know, decided to do that interview for the book, Unlock the Power to Heal, because I didn't see it written anywhere, that kind of history and perspective. So uh, what you've done is is uh, really uh, uh, remarkable. And, and of course, that you've uh, gotten uh, homeschool moms, you know, single moms be able to uh, have a ability to care for their own families on their own schedule to produce these ear candles. I mean, that's another aspect of what you've given back to provide a mechanism by which they can bring themselves up and be worth more to themselves and others. Just again, these are the stories we don't have time to tell, but uh, been amazing uh, this journey together in this lifetime. Yeah, that is our thing. You know, people ask all the time, what is your favorite thing? Love working with women and I love working with my families. I love providing those microeconomic free communities where families get to decide their own schedules, single, whether it's single mom, homeschool family. Now we have elderly couples and it's just, it's just precious to watch families working together and support. It's just, what isn't that the American dream and, and, and how we can continue the American dream and have our goals and, and set, and set, you know, become the best versions of ourselves in a free fashion. Well, big hugs to you and Kevin and lots of love and appreciation for you. I couldn't express how much I love and appreciate you guys. You know that. And, uh, for every one of you that have just discovered this doc harmony, this wonderful, uh, powerful spiritual soul entity, fierce warrior as well and balancing the masculine and feminine uh check out the links in the show notes today at robertscatbell.com and uh you can uh you know achieve probably more than you ever ever perceived you could and that's part of the relationship that goes on and on and part of the communication that needs to happen i'm grateful we got to do this today kisses and love all right doc harmony thank you so much and remember it's the god's honest truth the power to heal even your relationships it's yours <laughs>